That was great, James. Well, good morning. Our scripture reading for this morning is uh, 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. Hold on a sec, I've got to get my glasses out. All right, listen to what Paul says to the Corinthian church. He says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, and struck down, but not destroyed. All was carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's come before the Lord in prayer, shall we? Lord God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to hear from your word this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit falls afresh upon each one of us now so that we hear from you what you want us to hear from today's message. We pray, too, that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you in your sight this morning. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray, amen. Well, hey, good morning. It's really great to see so many familiar faces and to be here. Tom, thank you for that uh, introduction. Um, it's just good to see everyone from this perspective. Hey, uh, several years ago, uh, I was out on this patio right out there, and uh, a guy came up. He approached me, and uh, he said, hey, Terry, would you, I didn't know him, he said, hey, Terry, would you be interested in building some uh, low-cost housing for Habitat for Humanity? Uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, sure, that sounds good. Let's, let's do it. And the guy's name was Bob Russell, and uh, if you know Bob, many of you do, uh, he was this... Uh, happy, peppy, bursting with love kind of guy that just, uh, a great guy, had terrible dad jokes, <laughs> but he was a great guy. And we became friends, and he ended up a mentor in my life. And sadly, Bob got sick, and, uh, and he passed away, but in, during the last few months of his life, uh, we still got together. I would go to his house, and Bob and Susan's home up in Montclair, and I'd bring lunch, and, and we would sit, and he would talk to me. And he would pour out his life to me. 
He would nourish my soul. He would affirm my faith. He would read Scripture to me. He would hold me accountable, and He would pray for me. As His life was ebbing, He was pouring out His strength into my life. There's another guy that you maybe you, some of you are familiar with, Jack Buckley. He used to be a, a pa- an associate pastor here uh, several years ago, and then he was the senior pastor at uh, Alameda Press for many, many years. And I didn't really know Jack, uh, but I ran into him at uh, the hospital uh, near the end of his life. And so I would just go up and sit in his room, uh, and we'd talk, and he did the same thing. As his life was ebbing, he poured words of wisdom and strength and nourishment and peace into my life. He prayed for me. I'll never forget those guys. They're still a blessing to me this day. You know, when they were, they were nearing the ends of their life, they were fragile, they were vulnerable, but yet they spoke hope and strength and nourishment into my life. Now, I can, I can imagine that some of you here, maybe all of you here, have had people speak into your lives as well, family members. Maybe it was an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent. Speak into your life at a time when you needed to hear from them. Maybe it was one of them who shared the gospel with you. Maybe they just came alongside you at a time in your life when you needed someone to be there. I imagine some of you have had friends, colleagues, coworkers, you know, perhaps a neighbor, maybe someone from this church or someone from another church speak nourishing words into your life. Now, when you reflect on those folks who've spoken into your life, I imagine that uh, some of them weren't perfect, were they? Some of them had faults. They were dealing with issues of their own. They had imperfections. Uh, I imagine some of them may have been frail and vulnerable and weak, like uh, Bob and Jack were. You know, despite their faults and their frailties, nourishing words still flowed out of them and into your lives, pointing you down the path toward Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what the Apostle Paul is speaking about here in our Scripture reading today. Despite our own weaknesses, despite our faults, our imperfections and frailties, We are carriers of the precious cargo of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we carry them inside these imperfect and frail bodies of ours. Through the grace of God, we carry this living water within us, within our own fragile jars of clay, our bodies, and it's our task to be transporters of this life-giving water for the purposes of pouring it out for the nourishment of others. As children of God, that's our calling. That's, That's all it is.
Now, the church in Corinth had, had come under attack as opponents of Paul at an open rebellion within the church against him and against the gospel. And Paul wrote a stern and tearful letter to the church in Corinth, warning them to repent, which many of them did, but there still remained some who were under the influence of Paul's opponents. And these, these guys presented themselves very well. They, they looked good, they were great speakers, they were great philosophers, and, and Paul, on the other hand, didn't have a very commanding presence. He was often not well physically, and apparently he wasn't a very great speaker. His opponents were essentially saying, hey, look, look at this guy. How can the power of God be with someone who's lacking in so many ways? Look at us instead. The power of God resides with us because, hey, we have a commanding presence, we're great speakers, and we're great philosophers. So God's with us. And Paul, on the other hand, he was feeling weak and vulnerable. He was seeing all his hard work slipping away as people were beginning to follow his opponents. Paul's body was also failing him, and he was seeing his own life beginning to slip away. So Paul identifies with these jars of clay. These, these things were commonplace. These jars are commonplace in that time. They were ubiquitous. They were everywhere. They littered the landscape. They came in all shapes and sizes. Some were decorated, some ornately, but most were not. And, and they broke easily. And when they broke, they just tossed them out. But they all, these jars all had one thing in common. They all carried life-giving water and nourishment to all those who were hungry and thirsty. And Paul says, hey, we're like these jars of clay. We're simply common, ordinary, fragile vessels transporting life-giving water to those in need. The power is not in the messenger. The power is in the message which gives life. It's not the clay pot that gives life, but it's the life-giving water inside the clay pot that gives life. So Paul tells the Corinthians, hey, hey, don't look at me. Look at the message of hope that I'm bringing to you. It is that message that gives them life and hope, and Paul takes comfort in that too. This gives Paul hope, knowing that the message he carried to the Corinthians has a power all on its own, far beyond anything that Paul could ever imagine. You know, when I, when I think of the recent mass shootings in Highland Park, Uvalde, Buffalo, Laguna Woods, and elsewhere, I could go on. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with feelings of grief and anger and sadness and despair. You don't have to look very hard or very far in this world to see that we live in a fallen world. 
We are a broken, frail, and a fallen people. The world needs to hear the life-giving message of the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, perhaps now more than ever. And what, what is this message of the gospel? It's simply that God loves us intimately and unconditionally, accepts us just the way we are. We turned our backs on God, but, but God didn't turn his back on us. He sent Jesus Christ to us to reveal his overwhelming love for us. And what did we do? We ended up killing him, nailing him to a cross. But death couldn't hold him, could it? He is risen from the dead, is he not? Amen. If we simply trust Christ and reach out to him, he will send us the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to help us, and to guide us on our own pathways homeward toward Christ and toward our free gift of eternal life. It's pretty simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have eternal life. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved. People need to hear about forgiveness, about acceptance, about grace, and mercy, and reconciliation, and restoration, and healing, and unconditional love. These are all messages of hope which the human soul desperately needs to hear as much as the human body desperately needs life-giving water. Amen? Now, I just imagine that some of you, I can imagine that some of you may be new to the faith, and maybe you're young, and you may be thinking, well, who, who am I to speak into someone else's life? Hey, others need to hear from you now. We need to hear your wonder and your passion for Christ. Maybe you're older and and your body is failing you, and, and perhaps you feel you've done your time and, and, and you just don't have the energy or the strength that you once had. Others still need to hear from you who Jesus is to you. You know, some of you may not feel worthy or, or adequate to speak into another's life. Maybe you've been away from church for a while and and you just don't feel worthy to speak into someone else's life. But remember, the power of the message is not in the messenger. We are simply transporters of the message. The power is in the message itself, and we are simply to pour it out for others. That is the source of our hope. That's our only hope for future generations. And that is our calling as children of God. So, whose life are you watering? 
Into whose life are you pouring out messages of life-giving hope? Whose life are you enriching? Who are you encouraging? Whose faith are you affirming? Who among your family, your friends, your acquaintances needs to hear the message of life-giving hope right now? Perhaps that message of hope can only come from you because of who you are in that person's life. When you hear these words, who is coming into your mind? And if God's not placing anyone into your mind, then you just ask God, trust me, someone's going to show up in your life that's going to need to hear that message. Now just imagine with me for a moment. Imagine if we all looked at the remaining years of our lives as the most productive years yet for the kingdom of God. Remember, Beethoven wrote the Ninth Symphony when he was going deaf. Imagine if, if in our weaknesses and our faults and all of our frailties and imperfections, we leaned into the Lord even more heavily and we allow Him to lead us into the best work yet for the Lord. Just imagine if each one of us here, just this week, spoke words of gospel hope into another person's life. Imagine what the Lord would do with that. Imagine if each one of us here just simply prayed for one other person this week. Imagine what the Lord could do with that. You know, I, I feel inspired uh, to pour out my treasure when I, when I think of there's a group of elderly women in this church. Some, maybe some are still here. Most, I think, have, uh, are with the Lord. They were a group of elderly women when I was a younger man. Uh, I started a business from scratch uh, out of my bedroom. And this group of women were probably worried about me because I had uh, Kathy, my wife, and three kids, and Catherine, hello, and um, all the expenses we had. And, and so they were worried, and so they prayed for me. They prayed for me and for my business and for my family. Just a group of elderly women in this church, prayer warriors. And they sustained me, and they gave me strength. They gave me faith. They gave me the hope to push on when I didn't have a clue where I was going to get enough revenue to meet the bills and pay the bills. It was those old women in this church that gave me, that nourished me. They poured out their treasure into my life and sustained me. You know, I, I feel inspired when I think of this old black woman in the ICU at Kaiser. She's long since passed, but she was nearing the end of her life and she was dying. And she was laying in the bed in the ICU and she couldn't move uh, a muscle. But she could move her mouth. And she could sing. And man, could that woman sing. Every day, 
as her life came to an end, at sunrise, she would begin to sing. And every day at sunset, she would begin to sing these old black gospel hymns. And we would just gather around the docs, the nurses, the techs, the janitors, the chaplains. And we'd stand outside her room as she prayed, and we just wept. We just wept like babies. As she had no strength, as her life was ebbing away, she was pouring out her treasure into our lives. It was extraordinary. I'll never forget that. The power is not in the messenger. It's in the message which we carry inside of us. Let's pour out our treasure this week, shall we? Let's pour it out for others. Let's share the love of God with each other. Let's encourage each other. Let's give each other hope. And let's guide each other along on our own pathways, homeward toward Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word, and, and we give you all thanks and praise for your presence here among us this morning. Lord, we pray that you use each one of us this week to do your will in pouring out the treasure that you have entrusted to us to nourish others. Use us, Lord, to encourage each other along our own journeys homeward to you. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray, amen.